older child Talking fast, acting wild And look at daddy with a smile He was Superman Then when I went to school With my friends, acting cool Call my dad, he knew the rules He was Superman I don't want his talk to be slower his frame to look older I don't want his hands to be cold I want Superman back I don't want his walk to be slower I don't want his gray to be bolder I don't want his hands to be cold I want Superman We are live. Welcome to the podcast, Latrice. Hello, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Uh, obviously, you have 20 years of experience in delivering programs and financial empowerment. Um, you're actually the first woman of color for the chair of Manhattan Beach uh, Chamber of Commerce. Um, but before I jump into all of that, perhaps give us a little backstory, who you are, um, yeah, who Latrice is. Yes, well, Latrice is uh, the oldest of six children, um, five or three, four that I grew up with, and then we have a half-sister as well. But uh, I hail from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and so I am a Midwest girl through and through. Uh, I'm a very large sports fan, and so I know some folks here on the West, you know, might not be as excited, but I am all things Wisconsin. So, you know, we really enjoy um you know, all of our teams that are back there and I cheer for them loud and proud here in the West, um, but very excited, very large family. Um, uh, grew up, like I said, born and bred in Wisconsin um, from family of folks really believed in education, really believed in uh, allowing the kids to kind of find out what our passions were and go after them. So I um, am a singer, uh, as you may know, I think we talked about it a little bit, um, but singing and acting uh, all the way through that actually did end up being my major. I initially went to Howard University and then transitioned out uh, and finished up at Cal State Long Beach uh, with a degree in theater. And so uh, just happened into um, the banking world. Actually, it was, <laughs> It was a temp job, Joe. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I took it as a temp job, like, ah, we'll do something, make some decent money while, uh, you know, I become a big star in Hollywood. And yeah, so still working on, still definitely very excited and singing professionally anywhere uh, that I can. But um, my life passion has now become <laughs> in the banking industry and uh, taking care of community, community engagement and uh, financial empowerment. So very excited. I um, am married, uh, don't have any children, but my wonderful husband, Larry, and I have been married uh, for 17 years. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. I know off, off, off air, we talked about your singing background and you actually showed me some of your tracks, which is, yeah. I was blown away. So I'm, I'm sure we'll link to it uh, in the description awesome. of the podcast so people could go check it out too. Oh, wonderful. We'd love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So one of your pieces of your background is um, financial empowerment. And actually that's why I really wanted to have you on the podcast. I think you, you're, you have a wealth of knowledge uh, in this arena. And I think with COVID's, um, the last few months, people have really realized that maybe their financial health haven't, hasn't been uh, where they want it to be. But um, before, before we kind of jump into that, what, what is financial empowerment and why is it important? So when I think of financial empowerment, and I really do phrase it as financial empowerment 
over literacy or education because so many people do not feel empowered with their finances. And so I try to just continue to give that, you know, positive message of encouragement that you really can um, get empowerment and be empowered to really use your money. And so just the opportunity to take a look at whatever it might be, however large or small your banking account is, um, however large or small your goals are, but to be able to take a look at them and then you can actually make steps to get to next places. Even if you've fallen, even if folks are in debt, even if they've never you know, tried to have a budget before, this is always a place that you can go back and change it, make it different. And so I really, that's when I think of financial empowerment, that's what I think of, that you can really take it and make it something else. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the pieces you mentioned, budgeting. Um, when I was growing up, I wasn't the best budgeter. I, I just like to buy um, kind of impulse purchases. But <laughs> as, I got, as I got older, I, I, I'm a little better now. But uh, um, what are some of the key pieces to budgeting someone could uh, use to implement in their own finances? Yeah, I think budgeting, you, it can be distilled down super easy. How much do you earn? How much do you spend? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then taking a look at that and making some decisions. You know, um, in my sessions, we always start with needs versus your wants. What is it that you need to keep your life running or to have the life that you're going after? And then what is it that you want? And what do those spending habits look like? and start to make some adjustments to those. So if someone is just looking to start a budget or have never have done that, I definitely would encourage just taking a look at, say, you know, two weeks worth of spending and just writing them down or putting them in a spreadsheet, whatever you feel comfortable with. At the end of those two weeks, go back and take a look. Where did I spend? You know, how much money, you know, got away from me? Was a budget buster? How much money, you know, what type of spender am I? You know, just really simplifying, but honesty, taking a really good look at what is it that you, how much you're making in, and then how much you're spending, and then planning accordingly. No, absolutely. I, I love that. I think really knowing what's coming in, what's going out uh, is the core foundation of knowing um, kind of what your money situation looks like. Yeah. For, for you, what sort of resources have helped you um, kind of build your financial knowledge and literacy that maybe you could share to the, to the audience? It, you know, exactly what I was just sharing, starting at the beginning. Um, initially, when I, um, find, I had no, <laughs> I had no plan. Initially, I went to college and um, I just went to college. I didn't necessarily think about, you know, expenses or make that transition to what it would mean from being home with your parents and all of your bills taken care of to being out on your own and none of your bills being taken care of by someone else. Um, and so the tools that I use initially were just common sense, like, okay, I am at school. I, you know, what are the things I felt? And for me, hair is a need. So I'm sorry, folks might disagree, but everybody's money <laughs> is built different. So look, getting hair done is a need, but you also have to realize, all right, if I do that, this is, this is the pot of money that I have. If I do this, what else will I have to sacrifice? And so I think really using common sense, um, there are lots of apps that are really, really easy 
um, to use. And I th think folks just have to spend a little bit of time. You really got to invest in what your um, money portfolio is going to look like. You know, am I starting from the beginning? It is, it is great to be a beginner. Take some baby steps, get yourself, you know, together. Some folks are old school. So their tools might be a simple, you know, yellow pad and a pen. Um, but then the knowledge of, you know, again, what's coming in, what, what you have to spend money on, and then will you have any left over? Um, and then, you know, being able to uh, understand uh, how to read a credit report, how to really understand, you know, what, what do people say that I have to spend money on? You know, sometimes it, it may not even be information that's yours. You know, for some of the gentlemen that are on the line, um, if your name is very close to your brother's name, if you have the same name as your father has, take a look, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take a look at your credit report and see where it's at and then just make some decisions. If your credit score is not where you, it wants to be, set a small goal and then know what that means. You know, what will affect that? You know, know what it means if I open up, you know, a bunch of credit lines, you know, make sound decisions. If I'm gonna make a large purchase, then let me at one time, you know, make some decisions about if I'm going to have my credit run because you have, you know, a small window. But if you're looking in April, then you look again in May, then you look again in June, every single time that's going to make a ding to your credit report if that's, you know, what you're thinking about. But I think, yeah, using common sense, taking a look at the tools that work with the way that you feel the most comfortable with, not someone else. You have to do this financial empowerment and financial, um, you know, uh, peace, really. <laughs> um, making it work for the way that you work, understanding what's important to you, because what's important to you is really where you're going to spend your money. Hands down, I don't care what anybody tells you. If it's important to you, that's where you're going to spend. And so just know yourself and just admit it. I'm a hair girl. Admit it. You know, not much on nails, not much on makeup. You know, I have them both. But if, you know, if it comes down to it, I'm down. Um, yeah, just really using those. But there really are some fantastic tools out there. Lots of free resources. Um, and of course, the internet. So, such a wealth of information. Um, you Google anything you want to find. Help for your children, help for yourself, help to get out of debt. And there's some folks that'll speak it in your language, um, but you just got to make a decision that you're going to stick to it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you say that stuff that you must have, like for you, it's hair. For me, maybe it's um, uh, shoes. <laughs> but, uh, but really having that sacrifice, that balance, if you're going to get this, but maybe lay off of this and really yes. have that uh, cohesive yeah. balance. Um, in terms of credit, though, I'm, I'm always curious because I always have a discussion with friends and peers and family about debt. Um, from your perspective, Latrice, do you think there's good debt? Is there bad debt? What's, what's your stance on, on debt? Yeah, I, you know, there's some debt that, depending on the way that, you know, you choose to live, you're going to have. And um, you just have to account for it. For instance, you, you know, one of our goals was to buy a home. You buy a home, you, you're going to be in debt unless you just happen to have four hundred, you know, thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> we live in California, you know, so that's just a debt that you have to plan for, and you know how you're going to be able to manage it. Um, but 
of course, when you're thinking about some of those larger items like that, buying a house, buying a car, um, those different things, paying for college, all of those, you should really think about those and, you know, being able to um, balance and really have a great credit score can help you have a better experience with that. You know, so if you're on top of your credit, your credit score is good, your, you know, debt to income, the ratio between the two are fairly balanced when you go into, you know, your bank or into your credit union, whatever your financial institution is, and you've done your own work when you get there, and they'll say, oh, Mr. Momo, you've done a great job with your credit. We can give that to you at 3%, you know, versus, you know, the customer that might be next to you that they're talking about 18%. You know, it's, it's a big difference when you're talking thousands of dollars, you know, that really does make a difference. And so I, I don't know if people would call that good or bad debt, but I think that that is debt that you know that you will have and that you do need to manage versus, um, like for instance, in, with myself, initially when I got a credit card, I wasn't very knowledgeable about them. Um, and it, it was an emotional um, application. And so, yes, I got the money, I got the card right away, but because I hadn't really thought about what, what am I getting this card for? What, what are they lending me this money for me to be able to do? Because I didn't have that plan. I was buying pizza for my friends. I was shopping, you know, and I maxed it out very, very quickly. And so I accumulated debt that was not good because it was emotional and it ended up costing me so much more on the back end uh, had I just really thought about it or had some emergency savings set aside to pay for some of the incidentals that were causing me stress. Absolutely. And one thing that doesn't really get talked about too much is um, financial literacy in students and uh, even college students. Um, like you were mentioning the credit card, lots of people just think of it as a, it's like, oh, free money. I'm going to go spend, spend, spend. I don't have to worry about it right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really just really knowing what the credit is for and what you're going to use it to purchase and then really having a back uh, plan in the back end to really address that uh, debt that uh, you accumulate. Yeah. Um, but one, one, I guess, <laughs> widely talked about uh, topic about debt is student debt. Um, obviously, if you're going to go to university or college, you need to take out some sort of loans. Um, but for you, what would be some good tactical steps for anybody looking to uh, go to college and take out student debt? Yeah, I think um, for them to really think about and consider exhausting everything else they can before they step into a loan. So are there grants that you might be able to get? Is there a scholarship that you might be able to apply for? And um, there are lots of sources uh, all over. And I actually manage um, two scholarship programs, you know, right now, yearly. Um, but unfortunately, Joe, they're not, we didn't get a lot of applicants. And so if you think about it, and I think students may see it and go, oh, you know, so many people are going to apply or whatever. And folks may apply, but if they don't fill out all of the information correctly, it just gets, their application is void. And so I would encourage folks, really take a chance, take a chance and apply for it anyway. You know, do not miss deadlines. That's the biggest thing, you know, with your scholarships, with the grants, with FAFSA. 
do not miss your deadline. Get all of your information together. Even if you need to go and get some help for someone to take another quick look at it before you turn it in. Um, and then if you do decide to get credit or, or decide to get a loan, really understand the terms of the loan really understand what the interest rate of the loan is and shop different places to make sure you're getting the lowest because students should really be getting a low interest rate. Um, there are you know, alarming statistics that so many students are coming out of, I think the average now is $30,000 worth of debt. And so coming out of college to begin your career, that is stressful. And so if you can, make some other, you know, and especially now everyone is, you know, college at home. And so if there's an opportunity that you could take some extra classes at, you know, a local college, take some classes at one of your junior colleges, or I, I know in California, they have um, programs where um, some of the two-year colleges are paying for folks the tuition for two years because they're trying to, of course, keep their colleges healthy, but then to give students a break. And so uh, all, all the opportunities, you know, everyone will have to kind of find their own way, but I think really considering what, what free money is out there uh, and really going for that, trying for that, but then if you are going to get a loan, knowing the terms of your loan, really shopping it, making sure it is the lowest um, amount that you would have to pay back because numbers like $30,000, that's, that's just an enormous amount of money um, to have a high interest rate on. And so really understanding interest rates. And I think what happens a lot of times, a lot of the students that I talked to, um, they waited till the last minute. And so because they waited, now they're just you know, selecting anything kind of fast and furious. And so then they're getting stuck into commitments that, you know, if they would have took a little bit more time or done a little bit more research, they could have happened on something um, that wouldn't have cost them as much. Right, yeah, it's really doing that research too, like really reading the fine print and knowing what the terms are. Cause sometimes you could be in a desperate situation and you just sign whatever whatever money you could get and yeah. in the long run, it's not uh, beneficial to you. Um, right. One thing, one thing I am curious about, though, Latrice, is you, you mentioned that you work with a bunch of students. Um, I just want to know what, what's maybe like a common question they always ask you to pick your brain, or even a common misconception about money or finances or um, that, that realm. Yeah. So some of the questions that I get from students often is just they're trying to understand just the connection. You know, what what information do I need to bring in in order to start to access my credit? And so, you know, really being able to get your whatever government issued ID and having that current uh, or a passport is really important for students to be able to have as they venture into, you know, such that the new responsibilities, the adulting uh, piece of it. Um, another big question that I get um, from students is how do I get started? I don't have any credit. What can I do? And so, you know, again, taking a look at um, just any things that you can pay on a consistent basis. Um, but I think just being smart, working together with your parents, if it's a healthy relationship, to decide, am I responsible enough to start to do this? Because if not, 
that's when some of the challenges will will come you know but understanding okay what is it i'm looking to do most do everybody wants to buy a car so i'm always getting questions about you know how do i buy a car how do i prepare for purchasing a car you know what can i do um and again you don't have to buy a new car you can buy a used car um but again using um the internet is you know so easy these days to be able to compare and contrast taking a look at the ratings, taking a look at um, what other people are saying, um, what type of service experience did folks have, you know, if in whatever it is that you're looking to do or to purchase, but um, I really try to encourage the students to use their power and to know that they have it. You know, if you are just like, you know, with our report cards, you know, I we always consider, I tell, you know, my niece and nephew, when, the, when you first start school, you have A's until you prove something else. And so the same thing, you know, with your credit, you don't have credit yet, but you can, you know, begin to create credit. You can create it. And it really, it is, they're taking a look at your history. How have you been able to manage the responsibilities that you have? And then can we take a risk on you to say, yes, because he has proven that he can pay this small debt off we can give him a loan for something larger. And so again, taking a look at that, but I always, always shopping around, always taking a look at what that interest rate will be and understanding how it works so that, you know, you're not snowed uh, as you go in to do different things. Uh, and even some of the financial institutions, you can go and sit with someone and talk with them. And so they can tell you, you will be approved for this amount of money at this rate. So then if you did step into a car lot or something like that, you can go, you know what? I already know exactly how much money I'm approved for. I am looking at these three cars because you've already looked them up online. And I understand that if I buy it, you know, within the next week and a half, I will get this discount, you know, like really going in um, well-read, uh, ready, you know, even if you have to practice it a little bit. Um, and I would definitely don't go it alone. You know, the first time I purchased a car, I walked in a car lot by myself. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but not knowing, you know, not having the experience that I have now. And so I walked in and the very first thing that the sales guy said to me, how are you doing there, honey? What color car are you looking for? Hmm, really? But because I didn't know, you know, I ended up, you know, with a car that I paid way too much money for, and the interest rate was astronomical. Um, and so I learned the hard way. And so that's even one of the reasons why I teach financial um, empowerment today, is really trying to help others to take these resources, know how to use them to be able to, you know, break that cycle. And even for some people, it's like breaking generational curses, uh, because, you know, families, you know, have lived you know, check to check, but now you're in a position that you can earn some wealth and do something different and in a, you know, a different way than others before you have done. And I, you know, I believe people do the best with what they have. And so no shame on that, but we do have tools that if we'd like to, we can do something different. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Just really having those tools and to really break through and find financial empowerment. I think that's really important. Um, I think one of the reasons why I started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that you're on here. 
Um, one age-old question, though, that's always talked about is money and happiness. Um, so I just want to ask you, Latrice, what's maybe your perspective on this? Uh, what degree is money and happiness uh, tied together, if they are at all? You know, I think they can be if you manage it well. I think, you know, how many times have we seen folks that have won the lottery that have only come back within five years and they're more, you know, in a worse position than they were before they won? You know, it is planning, really thinking about what, what is it that I'm going to do with this wealth? You know, as we, you know, I work in corporate America and so there's of course corporate ladder and I am as competitive as anybody. So I am on it and I'm running as fast as I can. But, you know, with every new opportunity, with every new step, there comes a new salary. And so really being able to think about that and, you know, having the, um, you know, dreams of, you know, making more than your parents made or making more than, you know, all of those amazing, amazing dreams. But, if you make more money and you start to spend more money, you have the balance, you know, is not there. But being able to go, you know what? We are going to make more money. And when we do, we're going to take a trip, you know, somewhere else around the world every single year. You know, that's some of the things that you can put into your budget and decide to enjoy. And so I think when you can manage it that way and you can control that then I think, yes, you can. Your money and your happiness can go hand in hand. But I don't think that you have to have a lot of money to achieve that. I think that you can, as long as you're living within your means, you can plan for other stuff you really want to do. You can plan to make purchases that make you happy or bring you joy. Uh, or you, know, you can plan to be able to give back to others. You know, everyone is encouraged and inspired by something different. Um, but of course, and if you can pay for somebody to do it, you know, <laughs> I won't lie. That's a great feeling. But I think the places where people get in trouble or things that we've seen is that folks are living beyond their means or even when they've made, they make more money, their decision, their mindset about the way they use their money doesn't change. And so, but it is very nice to be in a position where, you know, you can buy a car that is truly reliable or you can, you know, buy, um, you know, afford to send your mother on a trip or, you know, different things like that, that you may have dreamed about um, as a child or always have wanted to do. But with planning, you can, you can get there. You can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I think so many people think it's so out of reach, um, but really if you have the discipline and really plan and be patient, um, I think you could get there. Um, you may not have it all at one time, but um, you can get there with planning. Absolutely, I agree with you. Maybe what's something that you're proud of that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? Something that I'm very proud of is um, the opportunity that I have to write music. I'm very proud of that. It is, um, I really believe it's a gift. It's, it's definitely not something that I just do, you know, I, I believe that it is a gift. Um, and I believe that everyone has a gift. And so to be able to use it and then to share it out on a platform for me is something that I'm very, very proud of. I um, have to do cover music, but then I think the opportunities to really um, flesh thoughts out and then put them in a way that 
others can digest them, or even if it's um, uh, ways that can help someone in any kind of way, help them express their joy, help them to heal in a situation, help them to, you know, release that, you know, overdue cry, you know, whatever. Music does so many things. It's so emotional that I think um, I'm really excited uh, to have that as a gift. I'm really proud to be able to put it out. Sometimes it's really nerve wracking because um, you don't quite know if, if it'll be received the way you feel it and hear it in your head. Um, mm -hmm. But I think being able to just let it go like, okay, this was given to me to give to others. If they want it, great. If they don't want it, it's still out there and maybe someone else might, um, but to be able to really offer it as a gift um, makes me very proud. Absolutely. Music feeds the soul, I like yeah, to say. Definitely. <laughs> What's your favorite project you've ever worked on uh, musically? That I've ever worked on? Um, it would have been, it is, um, I have um, an EP out called It's Time and um, every song was developed out of something, some kind of experience. And um, my husband and I had the privilege of taking care of my father um, in the last few years of his life. And um, in our taking care of him, I was able to write a song for him. And so uh, it's a great reminder, it's a great kind of anthem uh, for just the, you know, lots of, you know, folks, our peers are now going through that. You know, our parents are getting older and it's a very different um, stage in life that you just don't expect. You know, you just think you're stuck in this, you know, kid running around having fun stage. Uh, and that's just how life is. But this is a new layer of life. This is a new um, maturity level. And so, um, yeah. That is that project, the uh, It's Time project is very, very close to me. And um, so it, it was a lot of, but it, I had to take a lot of risks to be able to put it out there. And um, before, if you would ask me, do I like taking risks? I've been like, nope, I don't. <laughs> uh, but it, it forces you, you know, because you are putting your, your heart and soul out there. You're putting your vulnerability out there. Um, but to know that it will help someone else, you know, down the line uh, is exciting. Absolutely. And where can our listeners connect with you online or even check out some of your uh, music projects online? Oh, yes. So my um, name is my website, latricemclaughlin.com. Super easy. But yeah, all my music is up there. Uh, I have a blog that's out there as well. Um, uh, and then Latrice McLaughlin on Instagram and Facebook as well, you know, kind of bounce around all of them. We do have um, a financial empowerment uh, Instagram that's coming up. Uh, we've not started it just yet, uh, but we've, you know, we've reserved the name Relatable Money is the name of it. And so that is forthcoming. So hopefully by the time this airs, I will have been able to put a couple of um, posts out there. But yeah, my family actually has been pushing me to do it for a little while. And it's not that I don't want to do, it's just so many things in my schedule, but um, so my brother and I kind of made a bit. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you have siblings, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but it's, it's great to have, you know, such a supportive family that really believes in you and uh, encourages you to, you know, 
push that out there. And I, I know it is something that can really be helpful to folks because yeah, I get questions and letters and cards all the time of folks saying, you know, thank you for helping me or, you know, I've been able to save my money or I bought my car, you know. And so it's great to be able to celebrate those uh, victories with folks. Absolutely. And we, I believe in you too. So um, that's why I have you on the podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Thank love you. to support you any way I can. Um, of course, we'll have the links to your music, uh, your website, and even your Instagram once it comes out uh, on the podcast. So I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, my last question to you, I'd like to end it with, um, what's maybe one piece of financial advice that you've got uh, that you want to share with the audience? I think the thing that I would want to share is when people are considering money to let money be an employee and not the boss. Happy feet a chance to dance. Your form just like a swinging vine. Your lips so warm and sweet as wine. Your cheeks so soft and close to mine. Stop.